Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode of Kitchen Club is kindly sponsored by Sweaty Betty, who make the best yoga clothes ever. Yoga has had a really positive impact on my relationship with my body, but wearing the right clothes is also key for a mindful practice. Let's face it, we've all been there in down dog. You know you should be focusing on your breath, but actually you're wondering if your pants are on show or you're fighting to keep your top from falling over your eyes. So true. The girls at Sweaty Betty have answered our prayers. Their all-female design team of yogis have created amazing quality clothes that look great, feel awesome, and allow you to move really freely. So if you're in need of a little push to get on the yoga mat, or just an excuse to invest in some quality clothes to move in, Sweaty Betty are very kindly giving Kitchen Club listeners a generous 20% off so you can practice in comfort and style. Simply enter the code KITCHENCLUB at the checkout online. And if you need a bit of inspo, Serena and I have both been living in the Garudasana pants, which are hands down the most comfortable thing I've ever worn. I literally can't take them off. Me neither. They need a wash. Don't forget to tag us in your sweaty Betty pics on Insta, at Kitchen Club Podcast. We bet you will all look wonderful. Thanks, sweaty Betty. Thank you. Welcome to Kitchen Club with your hosts, Sarah Malcolm and Serena Lau. Kitchen Club is the podcast that brings you honest, topical conversations around the kitchen table with no boundaries. Each week, we chat to people who inspire us, hoping to learn and grow from them with tools and tips for enriching our lives, all whilst we tuck into lovely seasonal home-cooked dishes using their top three favorite ingredients. Ahead of recording each podcast, we ask our guests to challenge us to a healthy habit. This is something that they use daily to enhance their well-being and keep them feeling balanced. We then trial and test it so we can let you know how we got on. Today's guest is the absolutely brilliant Grace Hazel. If you don't know Grace, she is a woman's healing and sexuality mentor, CEO, podcast host, inspirational speaker, and devotee to female empowerment. So pretty impressive. Through her work, she supports women as they heal and grow, helping them to reconnect to their bodies and tap into their pleasure potential. Ooh. We recorded with Grace on a boiling hot day in the summer at Sarah's house. 
It was V hot and steamy, which was pretty appropriate considering who we were interviewing. And I do have to do a little disclaimer for you all. I was on the verge of losing my voice, but Grace is a busy gal. And once we had the date booked in, we had to power on with it. So please forgive the fact that I sound a little different to usual. I promise all future episodes are going to be read to you with much more dulcet tones. Grace's three favorite ingredients that she gave to us to make her something yummy were halloumi, figs, and sweet potato. So you'll have to stay listening to hear what we made her. It was absolutely delicious, if I do say so myself. It was a pretty eye-opening conversation for everyone involved. We talked about all things vagina, from yoni massage to female pleasure, how to build a better connection with your sex center, So if you would like to know what a sacred squirter is, stay tuned for the rest of the episode. Without further ado, here is the fabulous Grace Hazel on the Kitchen Club podcast. Hi, Grace. Hello. How are you? I'm very nicely full, thanks to you two. Good. Mm. Yes, we've just eaten. Well, Grace, why don't you tell us what we just ate? Your three favourite ingredients. I knew you were going to (laughs) say what did we eat? <laughs> um, so I know that halloumi would have been up in my three favourite ingredients. And I was saying to the ladies earlier that my ingredients, my favourite food ingredients, change like every single day. So on the day, I think I said to you, Serena, halloumi, figs. I can't remember the third ingredient. <laughs> no. Although, sweet potato. Yeah, sweet potato. Oh, there you go. Yes. So I'll, I'll take the pressure off you. Thanks. We had a very abundant salad of um sweet potato i don't it hasn't got a name so sweet potato halloumi lots of lovely spinach roasted hazelnuts roasted figs and then a dressing with avocado basil and other yummy things it was phenomenal and cherry tomatoes and cherry toms yeah and sarah cooked today and it was delicious yeah yeah thanks Sarah when I saw it I was like that's exactly what I always want to eat (laughs) so obviously because it's my favorite ingredients ones that I can't even remember but it was like the salad it's you know when you've got like a luxurious salad in front of you that's my favorite I actually wanted to ask you figs (laughs) did you choose figs because you like the taste or because they resemble something Oh, they're a bit pussy-like. They are. They are. They're so pussy-like. Yeah. I wouldn't even have thought about that. Right, I'll just be honest. I can't. I won't. I won't lie. Um, it's because I like the taste. <laughs> but now I understand. There's a little bit more Maybe, to the fig than meets. Yeah. Well, they've met my eye. Now I won't be able to miss it. <laughs> so I obviously already know what you do because we've worked together in lots of different ways. But can you tell everybody listening a little bit about what you do and how you got to where you are today? Mm, Absolutely. So um, I go by the name of, I'll go for the two words or the two phrases I go for, um, a women's sexuality healing mentor um, slash, as you'll find on my Instagram, vagina witch. And essentially the work that I do It's really about guiding women who are experiencing blocks around sexuality, intimacy and relationships um, and supporting them to find out 
what's going on in their life that's creating those blocks and guiding them to heal and then empowering them to come into really sexually liberated lives. Um, and I do that in a myriad of ways. Um, me and you would have worked together, Serena, in the way of like we we met in a workshop, right? So in a mm-hmm. ritual that I was holding. Um, I also do coaching. We've had some experience together doing coaching in a different veil, let's say. Yeah. Um, and I also do in-person healing sessions, which is more hands-on, physical, sexual, um, sacred sexual healing work. And the reason I got into it, it's a bit of a long story, guys. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm always like, oh, how, how much of this story do I tell? Because the reason that I do what I do kind of happened over the period of 10 years. So we don't have time for 10 years of experience. <laughs> but um, essentially, when I was about... 19 years old I was in a long-term relationship or I just got into a relationship and um started to experience every time I had sex with my partner I'd get in loads of pain which I had no idea what was going on all I knew was I was waking up after having sex it would be like in the middle of the night and I'd be in the most intense pain to the point of like I would not be able to go out the house for days I'd be on painkillers and just it felt the the way that I the analogy I use is that I felt like I was sat on top of a roaring fire with my knickers off like it was like my whole vagina was so it was quite it was a local pain it was a local vulva pain like literally in my vulva oh so intense I'm squeezing my legs together (laughs) oh my goodness and this went on for a really long time so I would go to doctors and at that point in my life It was like I couldn't even vocalise to a doctor. I had to, to explain what was going on. But I had to say things like, I'm having sex with my boyfriend and now my down there hurts. I couldn't vocalise, couldn't actually articulate, what do I call this thing down there? And how do I explain the fact that I am hurting down there and and where I, how I got there, you know, like sex and talking about my genitals was like, it was still a taboo for me. It was really shameful. Um, And I got put down like years and years and years of going down the medical route. So first of all, they thought I had cystitis um, constantly. And so I was on antibiotics for years. Eventually they told me there was nothing they could do. And I thought, fuck that fuck not being able to have um sex for the rest of my life or if I do it's like horrendously painful and um I basically did what every normal um intelligent human being does and I just googled my symptoms (laughs) (laughs) and I I think I googled them on quite a few occasions and on this one occasion I came across this website which essentially just told me you have this condition called vulvodynia and It was at that moment, I don't know if you've ever experienced something where it's so unknown, you're going through physical symptoms of something. And I I hear this from lots of women who listen to me talking about vulvodynia and they've never been diagnosed, but suddenly someone's talking about the pain that they've been experiencing. And it's like everything comes together and it's almost like there's hope, there's faith. Um, So when I got diagnosed or I self-diagnosed, I went back to my doctor and I was like, look, mate, (laughs) <laughs> send me to a bloody gynecologist that know what they know what they're doing so they could sort me out then that rolled on to years of taking really heavy medication which numbed down my whole entire system not only my vagina to the point that it was like I was constantly stoned I would wake up in the morning from taking these heavy meds 
and I would stand up sometimes and fall onto the floor. That was how heavy going they were. And it would send me into anxiety attacks. So the medication they gave me was to shut down the pain that I was experiencing, but it just completely um, rampaged through the rest of my life. And all I knew was that I didn't want to be on those tablets forever. And I also knew that whilst it was taking away most of the pain, I was still in some forms of pain when I was having sex. So everything was in a massive muddle. And that was when I started discovering yoga. So you ladies will know the healing that yoga can bring forth. And through yoga, I started understanding this word holistic. And I remember, I think it was probably early 20s, just thinking, I'm going to holistically heal myself. And from there, I discovered energy body work. I discovered shamanism. I started seeing a therapist and I started doing lots of deep work around um, essentially healing the pain that I was experiencing every time I had sex. Eventually came into the realms of sacred sexuality, of tantra, of um, shamanic sexual healing. And um, what happened through those years, and like I said, it's like 10 years of experience, so I'm really having to like just be like quite vague, <laughs> is that I healed completely the pain that I was experiencing and came to a point of not just unraveling the pain and being like oh great I'm all right now I changed my whole entire life through doing that so huge huge pieces of my life have changed so now of course I'm calling myself a vagina witch and I'm, I'm going around and empowering women sexually back in the day I was working as an administrator in a recruitment company so <laughs> you know like life just changed from this experience yeah. um so that that is how I got to do the work that I do today because I thought if I'm going through that and um had no idea what was happening and no idea how to heal without being on loads of medication or going into operations um one in six women have vulvodynia and that was the point where I was like I will not mm. I will not sit here knowing what I know and not speak up about this so yeah it unraveled from just working with women who experienced physical pain and now it's just from physical pain to not experiencing orgasms to just being really sexually awkward perhaps people have experienced abuse in their life and they're afraid of sex or they're afraid of intimacy There's, it's like a huge huge realm in terms of what I work in but yeah that's that's why and that's what I do so I guess you owe you owe your vulva a lot I love my vulva a lot <laughs> You owe that, that sort of pain and that journey. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise you wouldn't be where you are today. You might be, be, still be working in admin. Oh, I don't know. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine me working in admin? Um, not, not that there's anything wrong with working in admin, but it's just like, for sure, I refer to this as an initiation. It was like an initiation of being like the way that you're living your life is not aligned with what your soul's truth is. And until you fucking listen to that and unravel what is getting in the way of you showing up as why well, you're here on earth, this pain is going to keep coming up. And the pain also. So I'm fascinated by how the human body works. I was having an amazing conversation with a girlfriend of mine earlier about how our physical body is like the place that if something's not working in our life or if something is... Um, imbalanced or um yeah essentially just 
in in sense it's not working for us our body will be the place that tells us that so our body can't communicate with us via words imagine if my vagina started being like hi grace you're choosing very bad relationships and you have zero boundaries i freak out and i don't even think my vagina would i think my vagina would have a different voice actually hopefully not a voice like this (laughs) you'd be quite scared if this came out between your legs let's do it really posh go go on i think mine would be like really uptight yeah <laughs> you said An uptight vagina. Yeah, I think it might be. Yeah. I, I always like go crazy when it's like feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> when it's had a wine. <laughs> Does it wear a feather bow off? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> only when it's wound itself down, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always thought mine would have a German accent. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. Because you remember when we did the circle in Bali and you said, what if really? people call. I didn't think I would share this today. My my vagina is called Fraulein. <laughs> Great. Oh. As in by myself, nobody else calls it that. That's not my boyfriend's yeah. pet name. That's what I call Did that her. Just come to you? I can't remember why. Wow. I bet you were just channeling that energy, and you were mm. like, "My vagina's Fraulein." <laughs> What's yours, Grace? Oops. My vagina's voice. You know what? She's very much changed over the years. The first time I ever connected to my vagina actually to get like it, it was like this therapist took me into this this journey it was like hypnotism and it was really creepy it was like it was like a child's voice and it, it was kind of like you know like a bride of chalky kind of hey <laughs> yeah strange the next time I connected it with it which was years down I was like it was like fuck you fuck off it was like so fucking angry and now my vagina's voice depends on where she's at you know I think that she's very much like hey baby <laughs> thanks for listening to me for all these years <laughs> she sounds great yeah it's a bit Barry White wasn't it so Grace you spoke a little bit about Tantra mm-hmm. can you tell us more about that for anyone who doesn't know or how we, how you sort of got into that and what it did for you Totally. So I mentioned the word Tantra. What I would say that I'm more um, versed in and trained in is shamanic sexuality, shamanic um, sexual healing. Um, And for me, that means, so with shamanism, what I really resonate with shamanism, I've I've studied it and um, been um, working with shamans for like most of my, not most of my life, that's ridiculous, (laughs) wasn't it? It's not most of my life. Most of my... um, mid to late 20s I was I'm 31 now um the thing that I love is when I was just focused on yoga and this is no beef towards yoga because yoga is super healing I found that there was a place where you were focusing on positivity and lightness and there didn't give much um there wasn't much time for looking at shadow and looking at like the depths of your subconscious and all of the things that perhaps we try and suppress and so when I discovered section not sexuality (laughs) when I discovered shamanism it really appealed to me because instead of just being in like the really glorious light side of life it took you down into the depth of your shadows And it allowed me to face some things that I didn't even know that I held within me. And I felt through embracing both my light and also shadow, it created like a really integrated whole. So 
with shamanism, especially in sexuality, it's like, well, how can we go deep, deep down into the depths of of your sexuality or sexual truth without any shaming and go into the things that perhaps have been really hard in your life, perhaps the belief systems you've been brought up with, the conditioning, the, the pieces that aren't so beautiful and aren't portrayed in the media or talked about so often. And it's really about bringing that up to the surface for healing so that you can actually come into your relationships as a fully integrated being rather than just rejoicing and accepting some parts of you. It's like really accepting yourself as a whole. And so when I talk about doing or or guiding people shamanically in terms of sexual healing, my curiosity is like if someone's saying to me, oh, I want to experience more pleasure, then my question is like, well, what's stopping you? What's happened in your world? How can we access the the places of your subconscious that are hidden to find out what is actually blocking pleasure. So many women, I've mentioned this, there's, there's people I work with who haven't experienced orgasm ever. So they're, you know, like my age or older and they've not experienced orgasm. And it's like, well, what is the fear? And this is, it's not for everyone, um, this answer, but perhaps it's like, what's the fear in letting go? And that might not even be anything to do with sexuality. It might be, when they were a young child, perhaps, um, I tend to give this analogy a lot, but it's like, imagine you were playing out in the garden and you were like at your wildest and your freest and you're like, wow, you know, like this full state of letting go. And then like one of your caregivers pulls you aside and tells you off and they're like, don't do that. Or maybe smacks you, you know, whatever was going on at the time. So then a trauma occurs or a, a feeling of, or a belief system happens. It's like, well, it's not safe to let go. So then when they come into a place of, let's say, sexual intimacy in there, you know, orgasm is really about letting go fully. Um, if they are fearful of letting go because they might be punished or hurt afterwards, there can be blocks there. So the idea um, is that we are embracing and integrating all of the parts of us and understanding why if somebody, okay, isn't having an orgasm, I'm not going to slaver them like with sex tips and say, oh, I should try this and that. I want to know why. And I want to go down to the depths of, of the, the trigger point to get to, to find out and to really heal from the root up. Um, so in terms of that work, it's like sexual shamanism or shamanic sexual healing, um, the shaman is essentially the gap or the bridger of the gap between the two worlds. So I support women to bridge the gap between what they're seeing in their everyday experience and to dive in deeper to get the messages from their subconscious or from spirit or whatever is around them that can allow them to grow. And I keep saying the word, but it's like to liberate and empower them and heal themselves. I mean, I guess like women don't really naturally think like oh I'm not having orgasms so there's more to it mm. you'd just be like oh I'm not capable of it like my body doesn't just doesn't go there there's something like, wrong shut with off. me yeah so to actually know that you can dive deeper and address things is very liberating mm. the word of the podcast liberating well, <laughs> yeah. it? hashtag liberating yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's amazing but this is the way that I see it is when I start to work with clients, when I had vulvodynia for 10 or well, nearly 10 years, when I was at the 
the depths of despair. I remember being, um, when I first got it, I was with um, a boyfriend and he would always be like, oh, like, why has this happened to us? You know, like that, that mentality of like victimhood and like, why has this happened? And I'd always be like, I feel like this is happening for a reason and I just need to work this out. I don't know how quickly that's going to happen, but it's happening for a reason. And if I personally can heal myself of that tremendous pain and I can unpack it and, and, and do what I did, I believe that we can unravel most things mm. um, through studying so deeply into holistic healing and yeah, shamanism and all of the other places that I've been in. I fully believe that if we really are given the right opportunity and the right environment and the right mentors and people surrounding us, we can come to a space of healing no matter what's going on. Um, so when someone says to me, oh, I can't orgasm, I'm like, great, well, let's find out what's going on there. And that's not just going to impact the fact that perhaps you then can come to a place of orgasm. It's going to impact so many other aspects of your life too, because it's not the fact that you can't orgasm that's, that's you know, creating disharmony. There is so much else. When you get to the root of why, it's like the root of a tree that's gone really rotten and it's infecting lots of other aspects of life, which could be orgasm. But actually when you really heal the root every other part that that root is tapping into like the branches the leaves every aspect of someone's life will change from that place and that's how I see sexuality as well so um in tantra so we said something about tantra um sexual energy equates to life force energy to creative energy so when we ignite when we when we clear the channel for our sexuality to start to move. So when I say clear, it's like clearing the conditioning, clearing all the shit that gets on top of it. When we clear that and we can embody our, our, our sexual energy, that's like our life force, which radiates into every aspect of our life, not just our sexual relationships and our intimate relationships. So these days I get the impression that quite a lot of people are quite disconnected from their sexuality, from their bodies, from their pussy, yoni, whatever you want to call it. Do you have any kind of entry-level tips for how people can rebuild that connection? Mm, totally. Um, what I always do at the beginning of a workshop is literally I will get everybody around in a circle and I will be like, okay, so let's uh, let's talk about what we call our down there then, you know? And most people, well, you had your funky name that came out after all. Was it at the beginning you said your name? Yeah, it was in Bali. Yeah, it was at the beginning you the first when I one said... To pipe up? No, we went round in a circle and Grace did this circle and we all had to bring something that represented our yoni so there was a lot of flowers a lot of dragon fruit some tampons <laughs> um <laughs> the tampons what did you bring i think a flower no. i was too busy in the kitchen babe yeah. <laughs> sorry couldn't sorry. think of um, any good things yeah and then yeah everyone had to share their name and a lot of it was like fanny foo-foo Sparkle Cave is one of my favourites that I've I like that. I love Sparkle Cave. I've had some really fantastic names pop up in via that I question. Bet. But I've also had some really sad names. Like some people are like, I don't I don't know what I say, or 
they wouldn't obviously call it front bottom anymore because I think that's a bit dated and I think we would have well you know some people could be saying front bottom but sometimes people are still referring to their genitalia with the same word that perhaps their mum gave them Mm. so like nunny or Mm. um down there is a really common one and now when I hear down there I'm like hang on a second let's bring you into some form of um connection to this this piece of you because we don't call our nose our in the middle of our face or you know like our elbows are between our lower arm and our upper arm it's like we it's almost like we don't address our genitalia Mm. and it's almost like the shame that we have grown up with for like so many years and as much as sex has got liberated and we've gone through phases in um culture and in life um you know so like I think probably not my mum's generation but my aunties you know there there was a sexual liberation along the time when everyone was taking acid and having a great time (laughs) there was like the liberation that came there but then there comes into other places where it suddenly becomes a taboo again and um I certainly grew up in an environment while sex wasn't really talked about and if it was it was talked about in a certain way and no one certainly ever taught me or my friends that to connect with your sexuality to connect with your physical genitals so your I say pussy or yoni and just for anyone who's listening yoni is the um translation from um Sanskrit which is sacred space sacred temple and it also is our womb space our cervix our vagina our vulva um and yeah no one ever teaches us about about that like maybe we have sex education classes personally I don't know what you guys had I don't even remember sex no, education no. I'm pretty sure I didn't get taught. and it's funny that most people I know still call it vagina when they're talking mm, about the vulva exactly mm. it's only one part of the of our anatomy right I still sometimes say vagina because I think that it's quite a generic term that people get mm. but it's not we're talking about the inside it's like yeah. a vaginal canal if we're talking about vagina um so coming back to your question it's like for me the first tip is like we have to get to know our bodies and ourselves to find forms of sexual liberation we can go out and have as many incredible um intimate experiences with other people but if we don't have an intimate relationship with ourselves and a connection and an understanding of our own body specifically our um pleasure centers so when I say that like our whole body is a portal for for pleasure but specifically it's like coming into contact with your breasts, coming into contact with your vulva, coming into contact with your vagina, your cervix, really spending time with your womb. And just, we're not taught about that. And when we finally get there, when I work with clients, most of the time we'll begin at the very basics, which is like, let's just breathe into your sex center, into your yoni, sit there. Is there any messages there? The body communicates, not through generally, you know, those funny voices we do. It's like... It will communicate for emotion. And most people, when I guide them to connect with their yoni, there's tears and there's longing and there's this sense of complete disconnection, which has been going on for lifetimes. And so the main thing that we can begin to do is simply to connect physically with our sex center and also more in a way of like just breathing there, holding there and becoming more aware that this is a part of our body but it's actually our power center as women it's like 
this really powerful place. And um, there is actually a book called Vagina um, by Naomi Wolf. Love that book. It's such an excellent book. And one bit that really stuck out for me is that throughout the ages, when women are attacked, it's like we get attacked and there's like rape is like the worst form of what can happen to us. And um, when a woman gets raped, there's these studies that it's like she goes into, like she loses a piece of herself. In shamanic traditions, they would say like it's soul loss. People go into depression because she's literally lost the power from her power center. Mm -hmm. And so when we can access this space again and start to call back those soul parts, to call back those pieces of us that is like, you know, it, it is this most potent vortex for our life. That's the thing that I feel is the most important. If you want to start finding sexual liberation, start at yourself, start at your, at your body um, and start connecting to your yoni. And how would you say is best to, to connect mm. with breathing? Um, I would say, I think this is one of the tips that I gave yes. you, Serena, right, you guys? Shall, like, shall we bring that up? Oh, yes, healthy habits. Yeah. So um, Grace's healthy habit was for us to meditate and breathe into our yoni and sort of send the breath there and also gaze at it for uh, it. Isn't that bad? That it. it. I always say her now. Gaze at her for 10 minutes. So... As I mentioned, when we start to connect there, lots of stuff can come up. So when I first connected there, I got that weird baby voice. And then the second mm -hmm. time I got a big fuck off. And the idea is that if you, a lot of women haven't ever looked at their vulva. And when they do, they're suddenly fascinated by the fact that they never have. And there's just like this whole new world um, underneath their pants or their thong or their trousers or whatever you're wearing and it can give you this insight into wow this is a, a huge landscape that I've never experienced before I've been to a lot of workshops where they do pussy gazing so um a really beautiful sister of mine Lacey Haynes does a workshop called pussy gazing and um so it's essentially people in a group getting together, holding a mirror, breathing down into their yoni and gazing at their vulva. And there is so much that comes up. I can't give you a practical of why it's important. I think actually the importance is that you just do it and you find what behind it can be profound. So if you gaze and you breathe and you just simply look at this, this incredible part of you, so many revelations come up, memories. So um, lots of people report like, okay, I just remember this time that I was touched there by this like weird guy when I was like 12 or, you know, like, I just completely made that up. That didn't happen to me. But um, it's like you can find memories and stuff that perhaps you had forgotten about or perhaps it's like judgments that have been put upon you about your sexuality um, perhaps it's judgments that someone said about your body and you can start to come into alignment with like, oh, this, this is all stuff that I hold in terms of my relationship to myself, particularly around my sexuality. Um, and so when those things come up to the surface, it gives us a chance to start to clear the stuff that doesn't serve us and, and come into a place of, okay, what do I want to experience now? So simply by looking at our vulva, so much can unravel. I'm curious about what happened for you two after 10 minutes. I started with the breathing. And every morning when I did my meditation, instead of just focusing on my breathing, I was focusing on breathing all the way down. And that was interesting because on the first day, 
I was like, no, can't feel anything. Like, what? there's nothing there. No. And then each day I would be like, oh, okay. And it, it was nothing more than awareness, mm-hmm. but the awareness built over the week. So then today I was like, right, seeing Grace later, get the old mirror out, <laughs> give it a polish. <laughs> and it was, it was kind of eye-opening, but like not necessarily in a positive way. Mm. It was... I felt very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt incredibly disconnected when you can see in a mirror both your face and your yoni. They're like you never see those two parts of yourself at the same time, and you kind of forget that they're part of the same body, which is weird because obviously, like your yoni is with you the whole time, but you never see her from that angle. So that was weird. I felt like it, like almost wasn't me. I then was thinking very biologically, like, whoa, how does a baby come out of there? <laughs> He's so yeah. small. She, she, she's so small. Um, and then something you just said about memory and it triggering memories has just clicked for me that I felt really uncomfortable doing it. And I've just remembered something really nasty that someone at school said to me about my vagina. And it was somebody who had not seen my vagina. Mm. So they were like, literally like saying names about something that they had never seen but that's kind of now triggering in me why I felt so uncomfortable earlier because I was like thinking things that was clearly what this stupid boy had said to me Mm. which is interesting I also thought when you say like oh people are so disconnected the surprise when people are like what three holes Huh? Yeah. Where? Where? Yeah. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Can so I say what, yeah. what you said to me earlier? What did I say? So a while ago, we, we were talking, Serena and I were talking, and um, we both agreed that we quite liked the look of our vulvas. Yes. Right? Great. And then earlier, we were discussing our gazing, and you said, I don't like the look of my vulva. I did. Really? Yeah. But I do. I think she's great. But like, not if I have to look at her full frontal. Yeah, yeah. It's like quite, um, what's the word? Affronting. Mm-hmm, yeah. I actually really liked the gazing, but thinking about you doing it with a, with a full mirror, I didn't even, that didn't even come into my mm. mind that I'd sit in front of a full length mirror. So I had like my compact. Yeah, I think the compact mirror is quite, as you were, saying about the full length yeah I know entry level yeah go big or go home (laughs) see the whole thing but I think you're probably right if I had to stare at my face and my vulva at the same time I'd be a bit like oh it's like a new dimension it's like because it kind of feels like a film or something that I first did it with my phone mm-hmm. and then I thought, this doesn't feel real enough. What if I WhatsApp my mum? I know, I that would be shit. I'd be like, what happens if someone Skypes Hi, a client? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, oh, just doing some... Uh... <laughs> Wouldn't be too shocking from oh my, my perspective. Oh my God. <laughs> so I had, yeah, I had my com- compact out and I initially also thought, how the hell does the baby come out of this? <laughs> that was my biggest, like, what the hell? Um, and then I was just fascinated. And I was, I was actually, like, really into looking at it. It again. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, and I was like, gosh, she's so beautiful. Mm, so gorgeous. <laughs> it was amazing. And we actually had um, 
we recorded a podcast with Venetia Berry, who's an amazing artist on female form. And one of her healthy habits was for us to draw. And we had also said to each other that we would draw our vulva. So I drew mine and it was great. But I also now kind of looking back and I think, was I distracting myself? It was, it was lovely. And I thought I might as well use this time constructively to do something else. But now I think, gosh, was I like actually not really properly involved and doing something else? I don't know, but I really, I really liked it. There's a funny thing, as you were saying that about the distraction thing, when we actually start to breathe in and start to notice our vulva and start to be with her, um, whether it be through gazing or whether it just be through breath work, sometimes all I need to do now in the morning is just like sit there and I'll just kind of like come into a place of like meditation and I'll breathe down into my vulva and maybe like I'll move my hips and spine. So I start to like move energy through my body, but what happens is if I'm really breathing down into my vulva or my yoni, I start to activate sexual energy. So I start to feel not like turned on as in like I'm going to ravage someone, but like, it's just like this sense of switching on that center. And that's why it can be like the more that you gather awareness, maybe first of all, nothing happens. Maybe second time round, it's like, Oh, maybe something's going on. And then as you practice and practice and you start to, um, intend on awakening the energy at the base of your spine then you can start to feel a massive difference so um when I first started doing this and it wasn't like on my way to work I wasn't obviously looking at my vulva that would be freaking strange (laughs) on the old commute to work on the tube but what I would do is I would stand up and I would like have music on that kind of felt a little sensual in my earphones and I would just move my hips around in circles and just that simple act whilst breathing down into my vulva would allow me to start to feel like tingles down in my yoni. And then I'd walk into work, not like turned on and horny, but more just like, I feel really good right now. I feel sexy. I feel sensual. I feel feminine. Whereas if I'd like been like, up in the metro and just you know like the head in the head in the newspaper and a book or something, I wouldn't have had that time to connect to my um sex center and actually it created so much of a different day for me so simply by initiating the practice of knowing and seeing your vulva but also breathing down into her on a regular basis it can start to like make some really big changes in your life and really subtle ones that make a big difference so once we're more connected to our yoni we then want to start thinking about pleasure Yes. And what we want to talk to you about is crystal wands and yoni <laughs> Because I've seen something on your Instagram called the Sacred Squirter. Oh my God, yes. I saw Sacred that today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Looks like something from Monsters, Inc. It does, isn't it? It's like an octopus um, yeah. tentacle, isn't it? Um, so I have... Um, I have a varied opinion on, you said yoni eggs mm-hmm. and also pleasure ones. So I'm on the... Um, not everyone will agree with me on this, but I don't like yoni eggs. I don't believe in them. I don't recommend them to my clients. And when people buy one, I don't tend to encourage it too much. Can you tell everyone what a yoni egg is? So a yoni egg is essentially, if you imagine a nice big egg, 
mm-hmm. um, made out of crystals that you can get it in different types of crystal. Maybe it's like a rose quartz or amethyst or whatever it is, just a type of crystal which will hold a certain quality for healing. And um, the idea, and also actually I just missed out the, the main um, element of like the stone, that mostly it's like a, a jade. So jade eggs have been used for centuries um, by women to initiate um, a deeper um, sensitivity inside of their yoni. Um, a lot of tantric teachings tell you to use a yoni egg. It helps you to awaken your pelvic floor. It helps you to awaken um, deeper orgasm, deeper sensitivity for pleasure. Um, what my belief is, is that if you're using a yoni egg and you're an average woman who doesn't get pelvic massage and release every week or every month or whatever is that what happens is our pelvic floor muscles tend to be in imbalance. And if we're living, so I'm in London, you both were in London, like it can tend to be like more of a higher stress related life. We can start to squeeze up through our pelvic floor and hold tension there. So if we're inserting then a yoni egg in an already tense and unbalanced environment in our pelvic floor and they're starting to squeeze, the place that is more um, activated and tense in our yoni is going to become more tense, and the place that's weak is just—it's—it's it's just going to be—it's going to continue being weak. So, I believe that until you start having um, doing your own or um, receiving pelvic floor work, pelvic like yoni massage um, and release there's no point starting to use a yoni egg because you want to release all of that tension before you start to awaken and um, activate the muscles in your pelvic floor. Um, So that's my thoughts on yoni eggs. Uh, Crystal pleasure ones I love because um, it's my feeling, and this is not to say that it's a bad thing if you're using a vibrator, but if you're using a big hunk of silicon, and it's vibrating at an abnormal speed that no other person could possibly imagine okay, I'm, I'm using my hand here and you can't see but imagine your hand moving in the way that a vibrator does it just wouldn't happen mm-hmm. wouldn't it especially our partner's hand imagine asking your partner to move their like to vibrate their finger as much as a rampant rabbit would it's just <laughs> fucking impossible isn't it why do you think i've just had an operation on my wrist <laughs> It's a yoga injury, I swear. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I personally feel like vibrators are cool, but if we can start to get to know our bodies on a level of like, personally, I always prefer physical contact. So like hands on body, um, because you're, it's about sensitizing the body to receive more pleasure. So um, imagine that you were to um, really lightly start to stroke your forearm so just maybe if you're listening just start to do that and just like really lightly stroke your forearm and the more that you can breathe into that and feel that as like that physical touch the more sensitive you become but if you were to put a vibrator on there and then put the really light touch on you'd probably be like oh wow the vibrator was really stimulating but that light touch didn't really feel like anything Mm -hmm. so the idea is that if we can start to stimulate our body really to bring more sensitivity than when we're touched by a lover or by ourselves, it's going to be way more pleasurable. So it's about activating the pleasure system and essentially unnumbing it because vibrators 
whilst they don't numb you down, they can create a form of numbing because your yoni, especially if it's your clitoris or inside of you, your vagina, can become used to receiving stimulation and orgasm through vibrator only. So using a crystal pleasure wand, for those people who actually want to feel penetration, using a crystal pleasure wand, which has healing qualities in the crystal, um, and using that as essentially a dildo, can be a really beautiful way to go from um, using a vibrator to using something else. Um, the sacred squirter, is that, was it the sacred squirter? Is yeah. that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. So the sacred squirter, it's actually glass. It's not glass. Um, glass. Yeah. That don't, scares I, me. No, don't smash that. And then. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a glass dildo, but the thing is that it, um, it's shaped so that it stimulates the urethral sponge, which, so the urethral sponge is the G spot. So we call, the G-spot, the G-spot. And for everyone that's listening, please stop calling it the, the G-spot, if you wish to. Uh, <laughs> because it was named by... I, it was a man who... It was probably called Graham or something. I can't remember. It was a classic Graham move. Oh, Graham's the Graham spot, that. <laughs> um, and so the G-spot's actually the urethral sponge. And so the sacred squirter, something like that, it will actually catch your urethral sponge, which can lead to ejaculation. Um, so playing around with these things can be really fun but in particular with the crystal pleasure ones the idea is that you're using a crystal which has healing properties there's different things that you can use that would be more based on okay if you've had trauma in your life one crystal will be like a black obsidian for instance would be really great for supporting you to bring up old memories a rose quartz would be really great for supporting you to create a, a sense of love and well-being um and so on and so on. So that's the idea around the old crystal dildos. <laughs> so, but would you say, in order to bring awareness to your yoni, is is touching enough? Mm. Or yeah, yeah, totally. I think touching is beautiful. Touching is more than enough. Um, there's certain places in your yoni that you may not be able to get to with your fingers. Um, that being your cervix, that being mm -hmm. other spaces in your yoni, which can hold something called armor. So armor, um, as I was mentioning, it's like tension. Sometimes it can be, um, so there's a really beautiful book um, called The Body Keeps a Score. And the idea is that when we go through big events in our life that have been too much to handle in that moment, we suppress the memory or we suppress the emotion that we didn't get to process. And so for women, especially, and for men, but when we're talking about matters of vaginas and yonis and internal work, the idea is that especially in our sex center, we can hold a lot of memory and emotion that's unprocessed in the most receptive organ of our body, which is literally our yoni, our vagina. So using um, certain tools, such as something that will stimulate your cervix, can be something that you can, the cervix is maybe not something you can reach at certain points during your menstruation or your menstrual cycle with just your fingers alone. So using something that is there to access your cervix can support you with touching that, breathing and de-armoring. So the de-armoring is moving the emotion, moving the memories that perhaps is held there um, so that you can start to create space and lose the tension that's held there, which takes away pain, takes away numbness and replaces that with pleasure. Well, I know we talked about this over dinner and Sarah said, stop having interesting conversations, you have to do them <laughs> with the microphone. Can you tell us a bit more about the Yoni massage and like the internal body work that you do? Totally, yeah. Um, before I go into this, I like to do a little, um, 
a safety thing about yoni massage because I talk about it a lot and um there are a lot of people that say that they do yoni massage out there and the feeling for me is that before you choose to go and do that you should have a deep sense of either trust or get a really direct recommendation for who you go and see so you know that the person you're going to see is really legitimate and they're going to hold space for you to heal sometimes you can go to people and that's not the vibe and um it creates more problems so that's what i just want to say if you're going to see a practitioner and this is going to spark something inside of you that's like oh i want to yoni massage pick wisely um and ask for advice for someone who's had it before um if you're in london speak to me and yeah that's it's essentially like a just a, a safety announcement before mm-hmm. i go into yoni massage um so with the yoni massage yoni massage is an incredible practice which is again it's like one of those things that nobody really talks about yet actually if you think of your yoni okay so let's like list on our fingers like the times where it's touched for me i can think of if I'm going for a wee, if I'm inserting my moon cup, or if I'm being penetrated by a lover. Can you think of any other times? Or a gynecologist. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't tend to be touched there in a healing manner. So just as the rest of our body um, can do with receiving like a massage and like healing touch. So the same is for Ioni. So it's like this internal landscape that doesn't get touched and doesn't tend to yeah, be touched unless it's on those other elements. So the idea of Yoni massage is to create a really, really safe and sacred space where, um, and this is how my sessions look, it's like awakening the physical body, awakening the emotional body and awakening the sensual body and the energy body. So I work with full body massage, which includes intimate spaces such as your breasts, such as your vulva, such as your um, vagina. Um, and I use a technique which is dearmoring, which is essentially really um, taking time to be with the places in our body that tend to hold the most which would be our heart space, which would be our jaw, our mouth, which would be our thighs, our inner groin, um, sometimes our womb space, and particularly our yoni. It's like really holding areas. And I'm kind of, I do this every single time. I start making a bit of a crass um, gesture with my fingers. But it's like holding areas with pressure, which allow, um, as I was mentioning, it's like the tension, the emotion, the memories to start coming up. And so in the sessions that I hold, I can literally hold a space or um, let's say a a point on someone's body and deep, deep memory will come forth. So I obviously receive a lot of these myself and um, I've had someone work with my body with de-armoring and be like working on my thighs and I've uncovered things like fears of death fears of death that doesn't come from it's like my mum's fear of death because my nan died from deep vein thrombosis but I realized that I was holding a deep fear in my thighs so stuff like that can come out in sessions but particularly when we start to use de-armoring inside of um your yoni it's again like you know when you were thinking about looking at your and that that thought or that feeling about that guy came up and you're like oh he said that thing at school once and when you're working with um de-armoring points in the yoni you can start to come into releasing perhaps 
uncomfortable experiences that have occurred in your life. And maybe it's not connected, like maybe emotion comes and sometimes lots of people that go into deep grief, deep pain, deep anger, um, and it's actually not connected to any memory at all and it's just held there. And for you guys, you know, when you're doing yoga, you, you must know from yourself, your own practice, and also from teaching that, you know, you might get someone to go into like a, a hip opening posture and then they're in tears. So imagine literally having someone hold those places like that are deep within you and then noticing what comes up, the emotion that can be released. So the idea of a yoni massage is essentially to hold a really safe space for women to process all that is held in their sex center. And it doesn't have to be that you have experienced like abuse or trauma or anything like that in your life. Perhaps you've just had an experience such as yourself being called something when you were young or um, perhaps not having good boundaries when you were younger and allowing people inside of you before you were physically ready to be penetrated. So much can be formulated in ourselves as uncomfortable and through yoni massage we can start to move past that stuff which as I mentioned before can equate to pain it can equate to numbness and and loads of other different things and by touching and using those those de-armoring points to release it allows space for your body to recalibrate and to come back to a place of pleasure Grace, you're holding this space in London at the moment, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm currently practicing from a place called Soul Space in Stoke Newington, which is really gorgeous. And um, yeah, I'm there. I'll be in IB for in September, but then I'll be back for sessions after that. Grace, thank you so much. You are a constant source of wisdom and inspiration for me. <laughs> and we can't thank you enough for coming. Yeah, I feel like I actually have a lot of work to do with my... It- with it I suddenly just realized that I've been so disconnected so thank you so much it's been so insightful I hope everyone listening has learned a hell of a lot and I feel like it's a beginning a journey it's yeah. so great and now you need to see the picture that Sarah drew of herself. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see your vulva <laughs> Oh, what a woman Grace Hazel is. It was an absolute pleasure having Grace on Kitchen Club Podcast. My eyes were definitely open to a lot. It was incredible. I think a lot of people are going to have learned a hell of a lot today. So thank you so much, Grace. If you enjoyed listening to the podcast, please remember to rate, review and subscribe. Give us a glowing review. It really, really helps to get the name out there and to help more people discover us so we can keep sharing our fascinating guests with you. And if you'd like to find out a little bit more about how Grace works, how you can get hold of her, we'll make sure that we pop her details in the show notes below. So thank you so much for listening and we hope to see you back here soon. Keep up to date with us on at Kitchen Club Podcast on Instagram, where you can see lots more about our guests and also we'll be posting the recipe every week. So make sure you find us for that. Otherwise, we'll see you again very soon. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.